welcome everyone to the uh, Anime Cons TV 2021 year in review. It's a uh, it's been a year, but despite everything, we're still going to go through with our tradition of having our year in review and talk about it. So before we get too far along, I'm just going to have you everyone else introduce themselves in case people forgot who else is on this podcast. Don't all jump yeah, up. because there are other people besides Doug on this podcast, which is surprising <laughs> if you've watched it for the last two years. <laughs> Doug has been in every episode. Woo, Doug! Thanks, Doug. MVP. MVP. <laughs> all right, so... Oh, but we're introducing ourselves? Yeah, you yeah. go first. Yeah, well, I'm uh, Patrick Delahanty. I run fancons.com, and I edit this podcast you're watching right now. Uh, I, I'm Elizabeth O'Malley. I used to do stuff, and I should do more stuff now that life stuff is out of the way. <laughs> I'm Shiva. I'm Ruben. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we used to cosplay and go to cons and stuff before we became like recluses and rebuilt our whole house. From scratch. Yeah. So maybe we'll do stuff again soon. Best accessory. Wow. <laughs> that is an inside joke for those. That's a throwback. Okay. Well, a few of us did actually get to a few, couple conventions here um, and saw some stuff. So I'm just going to say kind of which ones did we do and stuff like that. Uh, Elizabeth, you can start or I can start whichever you want to. I'll start. Um, so I went to Dragon Con in Atlanta and I went to Pax Unplugged in Philadelphia. Uh, both events were uh, vaccine mandated and masks required all weekend, and they're both pretty good. So it was good to get get back into things, and um, both did a really good job of uh, handling everything that's going on. And I'm really glad I went to get went to both of them. So yeah, those were the those are the two that um, I was able to get in this year. Okay. Um, Patrick, you uh, did you do any of the hybrid PortCon? Yeah, I was at uh, PortCon Maine. I went to some of the panels they had online. Uh, just all the panels and all the programming was online. And the only stuff they had at the con was the dealer's room, the artist alley, and some of their BAFA, their uh, sword fighting that was outside. And uh, yes, yeah, so it was an interesting hybrid event. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was good to be back at a con, even if it was just kind of like cautious the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so I went to two conventions myself. Uh, I did went to Otacon, which, of course, I did a whole convention report on, and they had a mask uh, requirement for, throughout. Um, and that was pretty good. I thought there was a lot of good, clear policy, clear enforcement of it from everybody like you saw signage about it everywhere and stuff like that the only other convention i went to this year was rhode island comic-con which technically had a mask policy but it was not in for like it was barely even enforced and i was helping run a booth there um with members of the uh, 501st rebel legion mandalorian mercs the star wars costumers in new england 
and even like trying to get people in our that were in our area to say hey can you put on a mask people most people were like oh yeah let me adjust it or grab it out of my pocket but the thing that really stood out to me was they didn't announce that mask policy till really late you only saw it a few places like a sign maybe this big and like a few places like we and just no one was really enforcing it and stuff like that and the thing that really frustrated me from someone who's worked at conventions and been to many conventions now was seeing this convention not enforce it amongst it owns their own staff and seeing the convention center staff like people working in the building not enforce it and for for me i looked at that and just thought this is something where you need to really lead by example if everyone on the convention center staff is following it and everyone on the convention like the events staff is following this guideline this will go really well and everyone will follow but they just seem to it just seemed to be lip service and it's another in the long list of items that really frustrated me about rodan comic-con and i know i saw several people that were there one day saw how poorly it was being enforced um and everything and just said you know what i'm not coming back it's not worth the risk and that was it was very interesting seeing the contrast in the two events and neither one had a vaccine requirement but even a mass policy if you're going to have it you got to enforce it because just yeah uh so it was really frustrating but as patrick mentioned and elizabeth mentioned going to see a physical con both times I, I really found myself when I saw friends that I knew or just like an exhibitor that I always looked forward to, it reminded me how much I missed it. And it's like, I didn't realize how much I was missing it until I, it was there in front of my face. Um, is there, but of course a bunch of us miss cons either because we opted out for safety concerns or the con just didn't happen. Is there, any con that you really missed in 2021, um, either for, for whatever reason, uh, Patrick, why don't you start again? Is there, if there's anyone that you've really missed? Yeah. You know, not, I haven't gone to just one physical con, uh, since 2000, uh, other than last year and this year. And I just, I'm so used to going to a dozen cons or so a year that this is, I miss going to cons, and uh, I, one of my favorite cons was uh, Kraken Con, which was out in Oakland, California, and that wasn't taken up by the pandemic. They ended that year before. They ended that in 2018. They didn't come back because you know trying to get hotels and uh, the Bay Area is just insane. It's so expensive, so they like yeah, we can't afford to do this. But uh, I, I missed that con. It was so much fun, and I. I I want to go out to other cons and see if I can find something like that again somewhere else, but it's it's, it's not the same anymore. And yeah, I just miss I miss seeing all you guys going and hanging out at cons. Yeah. Uh, Shiva and Sketch, how about you guys? I know you guys didn't get to any conventions. Was there anything you guys missed? 
Yeah, I mean, it was such a weird year not going to any. And sometimes I even forget we went to one last year because it was so early in the year that I, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I actually really miss going to Anime Boston, honestly. I think oh, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's our hometown convention. It doesn't involve the stress of traveling. You know, <laughs> we know everybody there. I think we kind of, our son had finally gotten old enough where we probably would have brought him for more of it, which would have been fun. So it was a little sad not to be able to do that. Um you know, and then not see all of our friends. I think if I if I could have gone to one this year, I mean, that wasn't even a possibility. Mm. It didn't happen, and rightfully so, because it was so early in the year. Um, but I think that's the one I probably missed the most. And Elizabeth, or sh- Sketch, uh, whoever. Yeah, oh, well, Sketch wants to go first. Well, I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's, it's also sad not being able to go to Dragon Con, but, you know, you, it, it, it's like, okay, I, I really can't, go for risk it you know um just my personal situation i, I couldn't go so i was like oh well, well i at least see the stuff online but i feel like we vicariously lived through people that went for yeah. most of that <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i missed um yeah i was looking before the pandemic happened i was starting to lo- look into more there was some in the New England area. There were a lot of uh, like one day comic book shows that looked like it looked like that was a trend that these one day comic book shows, like local events, or just a couple hundred people were starting to pop up more and more. Like I've I've talked about Plastic City Comic Con in, in the past, um, in like the uh, Lemonster Fitchburg area, and that ended up being canceled. And that was in July, and I and. That one was kind of, or maybe it was supposed to be in August. It was definitely in the summer. And I feel like that one, I bet that was like a really close, tough decision of like, all right, we can't do it. Um, so that one like was one that I missed. And just like, you know, I've been watching these small one day comic book shows and gaming cons that were in the area and had them on my radar. And those are things I've really missed because those were events that I was really looking forward to checking out because it's just so much easier to go and you don't even have to spend like the whole day and um especially like the gaming shows you can find new games and play new games and that was that was kind of thing I was I was bummed about yeah I'll definitely echo a lot of the sentiment of missing uh anime Boston it is as we've said it's our hometown convention it's basically how all of, all of us here on the podcast became friends and solidified those friendships. Um, but there was another one. Um, I did not get to anime NYC this year, and I had been planning on it. Just kind of where to think life events that happened. I really didn't have it a chance. And with where things went, you could say that's a blessing in disguise or not. But it was also... There's a bit of a bullet there. Yeah, I, I, I did, but at the same time, like, anyone I know that did go, like, they were very responsible. As soon as there was, you know, any news of it, they were all, everyone was getting tested. A couple people, like, did a couple tests just to be sure. And thankfully, no one I knew personally caught anything. But there was still, like, just seeing a little few of the posts, it was like, Oh man, I'm I miss this. I've always had a good time at that con, and it was weird. It was tough because it was, I made the right decision for me personally not to go. 
but even making the right decision can still hurt a little. Um, but also with 2021, there's some other kind of convention things that really took place kind of within the convention world. And I'm going to bring up two kind of bummer topics, unfortunately. We talked about uh, Anime Boston. Um, and of course, one person that was a big part of Anime Boston for so many people was um, our staff member, Digit, better known as Rhodey, who was the Masquerade uh, MC for several years. And really, he unfortunately passed away uh, this year. And that that really sucked because he, everyone that interacted with him was, he always was generous with time. He, for someone who was a kind of a pinch hitter um, to host the, the Masquerade, he became an institution of Anime Boston. And when Anime Boston comes back, it's it's going to really hurt and be bittersweet not having him there. But I know there's a lot of people already playing. People want to honor his memory and things like that. But that's, that's going to be one thing that happened in 2021 that's going to kind of leave a mark. And uh, the other one, of course, also a longtime guest of Anime Boston um, and way more cons than I could ever hope to attend was uh, Chris Ayers, his passing, which was another kind of big shock. And not just at Anime Boston, but every convention he went to, he was he lit up the room, was brought joy to so many of us and when he passed seeing all the stories of awesome things he did for people at conventions, encouraging them to kind of be the best person they could share a good time and everything like that. And kind of one of the things that I always said was he, he wasn't someone who was just having a good time. He was making the good time. He was making the convention a more welcoming space for everybody. Um, and you would, if you ever saw him on the guest list for a convention, you know, any attendee that was going to go to any of his events was going to be in for a treat because he knew how to tell a story. He could give acting lessons for people in masquerades or just mock combat and things like that. And so many people just had great stories. The fact that people would cosplay as Chris Ayers to conventions that he was at, I think says a lot right there. Like not a character he was doing, just cosplayed as Chris. So and when we were planning Providence Anime Conference, uh, he was one of the first guests that came to mind because he wasn't just a voice actor. He uh, hosted great panels and great workshops. He was truly knowledgeable. And he was also just a fun guy to be around. And we all loved him. And uh, whenever I had the opportunity to have him in Anime Unscripted, it was an absolute pleasure. He loved that game. And I loved having him in that game. He introduced several new games to Anime Unscripted. Uh, Three-Headed Professor was always. <laughs> and ever since he introduced that to me, I've had it in every time I've done Anime Unscripted. And uh, that's certainly going to continue. Uh, probably do it first in Boston, just as a tribute to him. But uh, yeah, he's a good friend and one of, our, one of the first people we interviewed on the podcast. And, uh, 
Animan's trip did at Providence Anime Conference was like the best Animan's. <laughs> Not he did, he did a lot of them. That one was amazing. Yeah. So, I. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Like the both of those for a and I know we're closely connected to the anime boxing community, and that's rough on us. But it, I imagine that a lot of other communities and conventions have gone through the same thing over the past couple of years of um, of losing people who are important to them. And it's just, but it just shows how rough of a two years this has been for, for a lot of people. And um, it's funny. <laughs> the funny thing about, about Rody about Digit is I first knew him from, he would call into the local, one of the local sports radio stations that like I when did I start listening to that station like 2008 or something and like I remember hearing his name Digit from calling in to back when it was like 104.1 before it was 98.5 if you're from Boston you know actually know what those numbers mean so like <laughs> I like that name for me even goes back further of like um someone who's was such a huge presence and um he did a lot of good through that too like i know there was fundraising things he did connected to sports as well um and like the story of how he just he just seems he was just such a selfless person the way he stepped up at amy boston like like last minute to front the masquerade like i don't i don't know anyone who could have like nailed it the way he did and well, that was amazing. I mean, that you so missed it. And we were like, we we're like, how is this guy going to pull this off? It was 2011, yeah. right? Mm. And uh, and I remember being like nervous for him. I didn't even know him at the time, but he was amazing. Yeah. To uh, uh, heckle because he heckles back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he was never uh, shy of taking anyone down a peg, including himself. Oh, um, but I think just to kind of end that sound a bit more upbeat note, I think we'll, we'll see a lot of really positive tributes. And I think there's already a lot of people who have said, you know, the best way to kind of honor these legacies are by, you know, being the best person we can be at conventions and making conventions a better place for everyone. So I'm glad to see that that's something that's going to continue and endure. And I think, the other thing I'll just say is just remind the people in your life that make your conventions better, that you're glad they're there because it's, we all go to conventions to see, see people. We can do so much of this stuff online. We can shop online. We can watch anime online, everything like that. But it's be the in the, it's meeting these people and having these interactions that really make these events. So Yeah. But moving forward, how are we guys feeling about cons for next year for 2022? Um, do you think cons need to figure out some procedures or anything like that? What's something you guys are thinking about for or feeling about for 2022? So, like I said, both the events that I went to were um, vaccine mandated i think dragon con i think they i don't remember if they allowed a negative test too i know some cons it's like vaccine or recent negative test 
and then masks. And I, for me, that's going to be like the um, baseline benchmark minimum. You guys know what I mean. Words are hard. Um, that's going to be like the minimum requirement for me to go is, is to have that in place. And I think also next year isn't going to be a year where I check out any new conventions because for me, I want to go someplace that I'm familiar with. And if I, and I know what the venue is like. So like actually with both Dragon Con and PAX Unplugged, we're in pretty big venues. So like Dragon Con, it's in a bunch of hotels and it's very open, but you're also like, you're moving a lot unless, and then unless you're at an event, you're not like really staying in the same place at once. You're doing a lot of walking around and everything felt, and that's the other thing, everything felt open. And PAX Unplugged is at the Philadelphia Convention Center is like hugely open. The ceilings are gigantic and there's like a lot of like just space. And it also wasn't very crowded this year. It's, it, it's never been super crowded like compared to PAX East, but this year felt even less so. Um, I think just because people were apprehensive about going. Um, and for me, the event will need to have that. Like, um, I'm not going to say which one, but there's an event like I've, I've usually go to that I'm not going to because I don't, because there's certain places that are just so crowded and it's so many people. And I don't know how they're going to enforce making sure people are masked, have like a vet, like we're, have a vaccine or we're masked, are masked. Um, just because of how the venue is set up. And even in my Boston, it's like, I'm a little like, you know, once you get in the convention center, you're good. It's open, but a lot of it is also in the Sheridan, which is connected to a mall. And that's like a wild card almost. Um, but that's also not till May. So like in, like I'm thinking of other conventions that are in more of like a hotel setting where it's, much closer um, facilities. Like there isn't a lot of room to move around. Like I'm thinking, I don't know of a convention there now, but like the one that comes to mind is the hotel that another anime convention used to be at in Nashua. Like there's not a lot of room to move around in. So like if there's a convention I'd go to there, I'd probably be like, eh, I don't think so. So like for me, it's having those, having those rules in place having it be a convention I know is going to be able to enforce them and then a place with a lot of room. So that That's how, that's kind of my mindset, having gone to a couple conventions and thinking about the ones I want to go to. Yeah, I, I totally agree because a lot of those small to mid-sized hotels, uh, they, they don't have a lot of space between the function rooms. It's narrow hallways and it gets crowded in the middle. And uh, but when you get your Marriott Mar in Atlanta Marriott Marquis, the big thing, okay, that's a little more open, I, I, and I feel more comfortable. But yeah, I, I'm not going to be in any crowded panel rooms, even fully vaccinated. I'm just not comfortable. Plus, I got a little one at home that's not vaccinated, so I don't really very open. And uh, but yeah, like with PortCon, it was in a hotel and it gets fairly crowded. But this year, because everything was online. People come to check out the deals from the art seller and they go home and watch the panels. So that hallway that's normally packed with people, empty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people came, they check it out. You only have to check out the dealer's room one day, really. 
it's because you're not there for panels. It's not, oh, I'm going to wait till the next panel. What am I doing? I'll just hang out here. Yeah, so it cut the crowds down. So that worked well. And hopefully other cons that don't have a large venue can consider doing a hybrid model. So, you know, heavy dealers room, but, but uh, pretty yeah, I feel like it's the same for us. I mean, we didn't go this year, but just seeing the pictures of DragonCon and how spread out it was, considering how crowded we know it normally is, um, and seeing every photo, it seemed like almost everybody was masked. Um, and, you know, I, you know, Elizabeth went and your sister went yeah. and all the reports we got, everyone felt very comfortable. And didn't they even have like rapid testing stations like around the convention? Yeah. Mm, not like around the convention. I think they had something set up but it wasn't like was at least three one of the sharing where the registration was one of the furthest away from the hotel oh, yeah okay. the other one was i think some miscellaneous place um but they uh they offered it um wasn't really I, i'm like i'll be honest it wasn't well publicized because i didn't really see them that was a negative i did hear from my sister so like oh she liked that it was there but she didn't really see much like emotion that you could do stuff but yeah and you you guys know how like i am about finding this kind of stuff like i it like it doesn't have to be just on the surface of the level like i will look in every nitty nitty gritty detail no i i didn't even i saw that they were partnering like with some places for testing but i thought it was just kind of like for present like atlanta residents or whatever so well, they could have done it then because considering how much they push their blood drive, they know how to promote something. I yeah. mean, um, but I think I, I think kind of like what you guys were saying, I'd feel more comfortable if it was more spread out with a bigger space. I can't imagine like, you know, as you mentioned, like the Porticon hallways or the AAC hall, like that would just the idea of it. I've never been someone who was scared of crowds, but ever since this thing, it's made me very uncomfortable. Um and then, you know, I don't think I'd feel comfortable without it being like a vaccine mandate and a mask mandate and it actually being enforced. I think that was a scary thing about him around Comic-Con is that people went with the expectation that that would be enforced and then it wasn't, which is which is scary. Um, I also can't see myself next year, especially with the uncertainty of everything going on, that we're still not in a place where we can just like vaccinate our way out of this. Um, traveling anywhere far yet, I mean, I... I just can't see it right now. I mean, again, we also have a kid that's not old enough to be vaccinated yeah. at home. And we have parents who are high risk. And it's just, it's messed, it's hard to plan. So I think if I did something, it would probably be nearby. Yeah, we, uh, last month, because my kid is a huge fan of trains, we went to a local train show. And so he could see all the train layouts and everything. And we got there early and there weren't a lot of people and everybody was masked. So okay, it feels safe. And then more people started to show up and half of them weren't wearing masks. We're like, oh, we're not enforcing this. Time to go. Bye. We're seen enough. <laughs> we got out of there. Just didn't, become, didn't feel comfortable anymore. And I think that's going to be typical of a lot of these cons. Well, and my, my niece uh, went to Dragon Con, and whenever she felt uncomfortable, she just went back to the hotel room and looked at on Dragon Con TV. Um, so at least she had, like, that ability, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I need out, yeah. I need yeah. out. I can still witness and participate, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that was our backup plan at Dragon Con. We also actually had some, like, outdoorsy local area things to do in case, like, we're like, no, we're kind of, like, not good with the convention we're gonna go do this other stuff 
it's funny because we actually did that in Philadelphia. We went uh, at PAX Unplugged. We ended up <laughs> we ended up Saturday going to a cat cafe for the afternoon, and then on Sunday we went to um, this uh, the Mutter Museum, which is like medical oddities and medical history museum. And what helps was the city of Philadelphia itself has a mask mandate, so both places were just masks everywhere which was which was nice so that helped with like um even though we didn't we just wanted to go do other stuff it's not like we were felt like unsafe at the convention at all but uh yeah we we definitely had a backup plan in Atlanta just like oh we'll go in the room and watch Dragon Con TV or a movie or we'll go do another thing um so I think that's also if you're going to travel to a convention like maybe have a backup plan of something else to keep yourself entertained if you don't if you're, you're like i don't really feel okay at this at this con right now well, that's actually a really good point is this is something to consider when you research a convention is what's out what else is in the area and i mean we've all kind of reached that point where we know that if we're going to a convention in an area we've never been to we kind of look oh what else is in the area? I mean, we don't make it a full vacation that like, oh, well, we're going to do all these 20 other things while we're in this area. But knowing just a handful of things to, to get away, if you're traveling for a convention, sometimes can be a, a good difference. And especially in an area where it's like you can either, it's a short trip away or you can walk to it, I think really does help, especially nowadays when you can, it's, easier than easier to feel overwhelmed at a convention uh, i mentioned at oticon i was in an amv screening room and it started getting really warm and i noticed i was starting to feel nervous and i actually left had to leave the room which felt really weird because AMVs is usually one of my favorite activities to check out when i when my schedule permits and i actually left the room because it was getting so warm in there and i did not feel comfortable but I think, I think we'll see people wear more masks of going forward and stuff like that. And one of the things I was seeing at the good at any convention that was good for a mask policy is people used it as an opportunity to get creative and incorporate it into their costume, either make something that matched or just you know, okay, it's a you know the logo of something they really like from the whatever they're cosplaying from too. So they kept it kind of on theme. And I think people are, are going to try and continue that. Yeah, those, those furries, they get this all down. <laughs> <laughs> They're all prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah, though, like, one, the two costumes I made were for me and Kevin. We did Eddie and Barney Rubble a little bit at Dragon Con. Mostly to get his feet wet with that this whole cosplay thing. But yeah, I just used extra fabric from the costumes and um what and just made sure I had good fabric that was on the inside of it. And so they just kinda and it like it just looks like nice and streamlined. Like yeah, it covers it covers up a lot of your face, but it it doesn't look it doesn't look bad. It like it was just, just you know, because it matched same fabric. It you're like, oh yeah, and then you'll look at it later on and be like, yeah, that was from 2021. 
I always joke that it's finally time for me to make the gas mask for my Sango costume for the demon. <laughs> but I will make a gas mask for Moroku and then everyone else is part of the Sango mask. Yeah, I've really been thinking, like, I should really do Dark Brown before I even lost it. The whole radiation suit. <laughs> I could just do that. That. So, anybody have any firm plans for uh, attending conventions in 2022, though? Loose. Like, I have a potential hotel room for Dragon Con, which I could still give to somebody else if need be. And yeah, I have, a, I have a hotel room for Dragon Con, too. So, fingers crossed. Um, I'm actually, uh, so the day we're recording, um, PAX East tickets went on sale yesterday. And y'all know from like past, uh, every year we've done this, how much I love PAX East. have not bought tickets yet. And it, they've already announced it's going to be vaccine mandated, mask mandated. But still at the same time, it's like, it's going to wait. I'll probably, I mean, I'm most likely going to go one day. But it's weird that they they went on sale and I wasn't like boom let's go like I have been in past past years. Um, so I'm gonna see what happens when it gets closer. And also I don't even think none of the tickets have sold out yet, which I don't think is indicative of what's going on. That's been a trend the past few years of Paxi's no longer selling out. So um, at least not immediately, like it used to in the past. Um, but that I mean I. I'm pretty sure about Anime Boston, and I would actually really like to go back to PortCon. Um, and right now, that's kind of all that's on my radar. Yeah. I'm back and <laughs> Yeah, Anime Boston and PortCon are the two that I'm pretty certain about. I'm on staff for Anime Boston still, and uh, I'll be running game shows and. Uh, PortCon, it, it went so well last year. I think I, I trust them to do it right next year. And like you said, with all these cons doing the vaccination requirement, I think that's going to be more and more common. If, if only because the con can announce their event and say, we're going to require vaccinations. And if things turn out better, they can step that back. But they can't really do the reverse and say, okay, you know, whatever, and then add it later because it's just going to make people mad. Like, hey, I. You didn't say that was a requirement. Now it is. But if they do the reverse, if it's a requirement, oh, we don't need it anymore. That works. So, uh, Patrick, I think you and I are in the same boat that we're not allowed to ever quit Anime Boston staff. I think you yeah. gag us to the convention, even if we tried to avoid it. Um, so, uh, Anime Boston's a definite for me. Um, it's. I, I'm because it's hometown convention because I'm on staff and everything. And it's one of the conventions where it's been, you know, canceled twice because of everything. I really, really want to get back to it. And it's, I've had like, I, I run a panel there. I'm on a staff position that is kind of the first time that actually going to happen. I'm looking forward to that. And I've got all these plans. And now that they, these plans have been stewing for, you know, two years now, it's, I can't really wait to get back to them. So that's, that's my one definite, uh, aside from Oticon, which I've been going to the longest, pretty much anything else is kind of wait and see how things go with just the world in general and their own policies one that has become a pretty regular one for me, uh, Anime Next, 
did the same thing of announced like clear good policies early on that they can roll back in um, as things go. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to that one again, but kind of just depends where life takes me at that at this point. But definitely Anime Boston and Otakon. Those are the, the two definite for me. So this is kind of ends our year in review section. Um, if you guys uh, have any other thoughts on stuff for how the year went, don't forget to reach out to us. You can always email us at podcast at animecons.tv. You can get on our Twitter, which is just at animecons.tv. And don't forget we have our voicemail line, which is 762-233-7828. Um, don't forget to... Wait, 7628? Seven, no, 7628. Seven, 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 it's down at the bottom of the screen, right there. Nice. Oh, wow, look at it. Yep, there it is. Fancy. <laughs> but, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, especially after... The year that's been very different for uh, anime conventions. We'll, we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.